Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good Fabulous Friday morning. It's another Fabulous Friday. We've got three more fabulous guests. And uh, I'm going to do a little update first. First of all, Sharon, welcome back doing producing this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always nice to have Sharon in the house. Not that we don't like stone, but as I mentioned, Sharon's a little better looking to look at. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, No, and Sharon, thank you for coming out to my event the other night. We had a big uh, locker room chat with several former athletes out at the Cross Point City Church in Carsville for All In All Out Ministries, which if you listen to the show, you've listened to Kevin's story. Uh, But if you haven't, first of all, the show is all about positive things happening in the community. And Kevin Harris has started All In All Out Ministries helping men with addiction. And so uh, at the fundraiser, we did everything the other night, and we raised $10,300 for him. So. You know you're doing good, as Amanda just said. You're doing good when you make somebody cry. We made Kevin cry at least four times Wednesday night, so that's awesome. So, All right, like I said, we've got three more fabulous guests this morning, and our first guest this morning is Kimberly George from Mary Kay. So, Kimberly, thank you for being here. Thank you, Brian. So, Kimberly has got an incredible backstory, which we'll hear in just a second, but you're a 20-year veteran of the Navy, right? That's correct. So, if you don't mind, share your story, and then we'll talk about why you're passionate and what you're doing. Yeah, so um, the military was not a thing that I was that I thought I would do um, when I was younger. My family was never in the military. Um, my dad, he was drafted in the Vietnam War. So he did his time, and then he was out. And he never talked about it ever again. So I really don't even know really what he did um, during that time. But I, so I started t- uh, 12th grade, and I was pregnant. I had my daughter um, at the first day of 12th grade. So I went to school that day, and then I went into labor that night (laughs) and had her that, I guess, the next morning. Um, And so I was trying to figure out, like, okay, what am I going to do? Now I have a baby. I got to finish 12th grade, you know, and I was going to college. It was no question, was I going to college or not? I wanted to go out of state because I wanted to get away from home, but, of course, plans changed, right? Um, So I graduated from high school, and I went to college. I went to Southern University, uh, which is the HBCU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And my whole thought process was, how can I go to college and not have to get a job to take care of my child, but also go to college at the same time? So I had an academic scholarship. I also ran track in high school and ended up with a track scholarship. And the way my school worked was, if you have overages, as far as if your tuition is paid for, then that extra money goes back into your pocket. And so I kind of went in like it was a business, right? And so I was like, how else can I get more scholarships to get more money in my pocket so I don't have to work? And so when I went to freshman orientation, there was a table set up by NROTC at college. And I walked by, not even thinking about it at all. I walked by and they were like, how would you like to get your school paid for? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) School paid for? Okay, what I got to do, right? Because my mind was like, more money. Yes. And so I did the whole process, signed up, um, did NROTC for the four years in college. And then I ended up in the Navy. And it wasn't like, oh, I want to join the Navy. It was just like, okay, 
They paid for me to go to college for four years. I got to do four years in the military. So I was commissioned um, as soon as I graduated. I graduated on May 10th. I was commissioned on May 10th. Um, and I ended up having to select a ship because I was a surface warfare officer. So I had to select the ship. And I wanted to get the closest ship to home because home was Louisiana. My daughter was in Louisiana. I ended up in San Diego. So <laughs> not close at all. Um, so my daughter had to stay at home with my mom um, for that first period while I was on the ship. Um, I deployed on that ship twice um, and went to the Middle East. Um, I was the ordnance officer. So I was in charge of all of the weapons, all of the guns on board, all of the ammo on board. And the captain of that ship, his motto was, gun smoke is good, more is better, which means that we had to shoot a weapon every single day while we were out to sea. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Um, So then I left there, and I tried to get closer to home again, and I ended up in Pascagoula, Mississippi. And if you know anything about Pascagoula, like, oh, no. (laughs) I thought Baton Rouge was, like, bad. But, oh, my gosh, Pascagoula, (laughs) there is nothing there. Um, But I was closer to home where I was able to get my daughter, and so she had been with me since um, I got to Pascagoula. Um, but I was the damage control assistant on that ship. So it was another ship in Pascagoula. And I was in charge of all of damages. So like fire, flooding, you know, and you'll be surprised. We actually have a lot of flooding on ships, which is the worst thing that can happen because ships are supposed to float, right? Water's not supposed to get in the ship. Um, but we had lots of under the waterline flooding. <laughs> so like our main engine room started to flood one time. It was very scary, but we got through it. Um, so there was a big hole in the bucket. Yes, a huge <laughs> bowl, like, like a huge hole, which is not supposed to happen. Um, so then I left there and I went to Monterey, California and um, Naval Postgraduate School, which is like the best sec- secret in the Navy. Um, it's a little hidden gem in Monterey, California. Monterey, California is absolutely gorgeous, by the way. But I ended up getting my master's degree in physics, but not because I'm smart. <laughs> Not at all. I'd asked the detailer, and detailer is the person that, like, gives you your jobs and stuff. I said, hey, what is the longest curriculum here? Because once I got done, I had to go back to the ship, right? So I wanted to be on shore duty for as long as possible. And he said, the longest curriculum is physics, and it's two years. And I was like, I'll take it. Whatever I need to do, I need to stay on land for as long as possible. So I got my master's degree in physics and then left there. Um, and then went back to a ship in Washington State, um, and I was the chief engineer. So I was in charge of the whole engineering department, um, which was making electricity, making the water, um, to potable water, in charge of the engines, the diesels, the you know all of that stuff that has anything to do with engineering. Um, and then left there, went to San Diego, California, and I was and in between there, I was in Rhode Island for like spurts of time because that's where our schooling and stuff happens in Rhode Island. Um, and then San Diego, I was on another ship. Well, actually, I was the materials officer, so I was in charge of 10 different ships um, for their engineering department. And then left there, went to the Pentagon um, in Virginia, was there for four years. And at the Pentagon, I worked on the, and people are always surprised about this, but I was um, a part, I was part of the nuclear weapons portfolio and the biological and chemical weapons portfolio. Um, and then left there, and then I went to, made it to Georgia. Um, I'm not from Georgia. Made it to Georgia, but it was my last duty station, and I was the executive officer and commanding officer for all Navy recruiting. So um, Navy recruiting in Georgia, Alabama, and Panama City, Florida. Um, and so COVID happened during that tour also, and that made me decide I would do 20 years, and I would get out. Because <laughs> it was very challenging. It was very rough. Um, and in the midst of all of that, I had started my Mary Kay business 11 years ago. 
Um, and again, it kind of was the same way how I got in the Navy also, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, I want to do Mary Kay. It just kind of happened because the girl on the ship with me, and it was only me and her on the ship as far as females, and it was 274 guys. So we had to kind of stick together a little bit. Um, she had started her business. She didn't tell me she started her business. She was just like, hey, I have this business idea I want you to listen to. And I'm like, oh, what is it? And she's like, I'm not telling you what it is. Because I didn't wear makeup. I really didn't take care of my skin. And she didn't either. Um, and so I got on this call. And the lady on the call, she started talking about the business opportunity. I was like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. I think I'll do it. And so I started on a Sunday and then I went out to sea for a whole week. And I completely forgot that I had started my Mary Kay business. Um, when I came home, my husband was like, hey, there's a box at the door that you ordered something that says Mary Kay. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did start a Mary Kay business. Um, so I opened it up. I had the call. The lady who told me about the business, like, okay, what do I do with these products? I had no idea. So she had to walk me through how to use the products. And so 11 years later, here I am. I've earned six free cars um, since then, um, with one of them being a pink Cadillac. So people always ask, do you drive a pink Cadillac? Yes, I've earned a pink Cadillac, working on the second one now, um, and absolutely love it. So That's a lot of good information. <laughs> so on the pink Cadillac, I just got I'm curious. Did they get that because Elvis drove a pink Cadillac first? <laughs> We should ask Mary Kay that. (laughs) But you know what, Mary Kay, so the reason why she picked the color pink was because, and this is so crazy, it was in, so Mary Kay started in 1963 when she opened the doors. Um, But she loved the color pink because it was the the color of the bathrooms at the time were pink. So she liked it, and she was like, you know what, I'm going to get this color car when I go to the dealership. And she did. You might want to remember that. That might be a trivia question. (laughs) Yes. So I want to go back to the some questions about the Navy. So uh, were you on any aircraft carriers? I was. What, what were the ones carrier. were you on? So I was on the Vincennes, um, which was stationed out of Washington. And I wasn't stationed on them. I embarked on them for deployment. So then when I went to San Diego and I was a part of a destroyer squadron staff, we embarked on another one. And that one was the, um, oh, gosh, it just slipped my mind. <laughs> what was it? Oh, the Lincoln. The Lincoln. So my cousin was in Desert Storm, and he was on uh, the Nimitz first and then the Saratoga. Mm. And his job in the Navy was he was in charge of the ejection seats for the pilots. Oh, wow. And if you remember anything at all about Desert Storm, you guy may be too young. I'm totally too old for this. But uh, there was a couple of pilots who had to eject, and they were rescued. And my cousin's the one that worked on those seats for them. And I guess their their thank you gift that they do for pilots was they brought him one of those uh, commemorative Crown Royal bottles and stuff i don't know if he ever drank it but i know it was on his tv for a while so um what uh what was i guess maybe your do you have a favorite memory that you can share from the navy um i would say a favorite i don't know if it's a favorite memory but it's an interesting memory um we were doing counter drug ops in south america um and we and it's crazy so there are submersible little objects they're not even ships or boats or anything but this is where they use to carry the drugs on um and people are on board also on this little submersible object um and they're trying to get from one country to the u.s the closest place they can land in the u.s um to be able to offload the drugs and so we tracked it with our sonar tracked this object tracked this object so we got like super close um for it to come up and when it submerged, or not submerged, but like when it came up, the people jumped out of the object. So now they're in the water. 
They set it on fire because the drugs were in there because they didn't want us to get it, right? So then we, instead of trying to, like, get this object, it turned into a search and rescue mission because now we had to get the people off board. We had to put the fire out, you know, and we were, like, really close with our ship to this fire, burning fire. So we were worried, like, okay, is our ship going to catch on fire too? You know, so it became this whole um, problem-solving thing that we had to do. Uh, we ended up getting the people on board. On board. We took them to um, Cuba, actually. They went to jail. Um, and it was over 500 tons of cocaine, heroin, um, you know, all of those big-time drugs. So. Wow. Was it Quantico? You going to take them to Quantico? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> one, a Few Good Men's one of my favorite movies, by the way. <laughs> So uh, it's, I think it's really cool. You spent 20 years in the service, so thank you for your service. But you. also the fact that, you know, you're a, a prime example of it's just not men, right? When I was growing up, it was kind of looked down on that the females served. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you can, just share a little bit of advice for some young ladies who might be listening that might be thinking about going that route. Yeah, so the military has opened up tremendously. Um, there are so many benefits you know, to the military also, which I think a lot of people don't even know about or realize the benefits. Um, But there are lots of women now that are joining the military right now. We're at about, I want to say, I mean, it's still very low numbers, but we're at about 17 to 20% female in the military right now. Um, But there's so many leadership roles. I mean, when I joined, I went in straight as a leader. Um, And it's so funny because my first division, when I went to my first ship, I was one of seven females on board the whole ship, and it had 300 and something people on the ship, right? Um, but my division, I had 25 people in my division. I was 21 years old, um, and I was leading this division, and my chief was 42. He was double my age. Um, so, one, he never worked with a female before at that time, um, and he never worked with a black person, you know, in charge of him too. So it was challenging. I have to say it was challenging. It took us about six months because I wasn't going anywhere um, and he wasn't going anywhere. So we had to figure out how to make it work and how to be able to move our division forward. And this is the one where the captain was like, gun smoke is good, more is better. So we had to like figure out how to get past the differences, which I didn't have a problem with. Um, but he had to figure out how to get past me being there and telling him what to do um, so that we can get these guns shooting every single day, you know, and getting the maintenance done on the guns and that kind of stuff. And I mean, at the end of his tour, you know, he gave me an awesome gift. He was like, thank you so much, which I'm so glad I was able to be kind of the example for him, right? So, because he's going to run into other females in the military. Well, he's out now. But, you know, he, the next job, he would have run into other females too. Um, but there are so many um, opportunities for people, like college opportunities and, you know, getting your school paid for, um, insurance, medical insurance, you know, all kinds of opportunities for people that join the military, but women also, I think it's so good for people to see um, women at high levels in the military also because representation matters, you know? And so um, for me, I just felt like I was an example for a lot of the females that were coming in because you don't even see people at, you know, women at a top level um, in the military. So I think we're like starting that wave right now. We're going to have our first female CNO of the Navy. Um, she just got appointed by president. Um, so we're breaking barriers, you know, we're coming in and we're not sitting down and we're not being quiet about it either. So I'm excited. about that. <clears throat> That's awesome. So your, your uh, officer there must've been a Marshall Dillon fan. 
Yeah, he probably was. Gunsmoke is good. <laughs> right? Right. So actually, you did just something. Uh, you have a big heart as well. You, you uh, not only care about, obviously, and passion about the military and Navy and, and the community itself, but you actually just did something uh, along with other people in Mary Kay, but for the deployed uh, servicemen and women. Share about that. Yeah, so I always wonder, like, how can I use my business to give back and to support others? And I'm a big proponent of the military, obviously, right, because it was 20 years of my life. Um, like, how can I give back to the organization that I just left? And so um, every year we partner with this organization called Operation Courage is Beautiful, and they send care packages to deployed service members. And I really like to do it in the summertime because it's super hot. And so we have service, service members in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, you know, all of those different countries where the temperatures are like, if we think it's hot right now in Georgia, like, I mean, like, it's really hot in Kuwait, you know. Um, but a lot of the service members don't have the resources for sun protection and skin care, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of service members don't even receive care packages and care packages are like gold when you're on deployment. Um, my first deployment, my husband didn't send me anything on my first deployment, like no care packages. My mom didn't send any, you know, like it was rough. And so, um, they never heard the last of it. My next deployment, they had learned their lesson. I got care packages. I was like a celebrity because I was getting care packages all the time, but I was able to share with other people that never got care packages while on deployment. So care packages are huge. If you get a piece of mail with your name on it, even if it's a letter, I mean, like, that's the best thing you can do for your deployed service member. Um, and I know that. So being able to partner with that organization who gives care packages to deployed service members. And I was able to put in skincare that has SPF in it. Um, it makes a huge difference for the deployed service members too. So this year I was able to send over 400 packages to be able to send out to deployed service members. Um, and we've been getting letters back saying, thank you so much. This is exactly what I needed, you know, and they also put in like Girl Scout cookies, you know, and all of that stuff too, with the skincare that we send. But it's a really big deal. And so it makes a huge difference. It helps them get through deployment also because somebody is thinking about them, you know? Well, I hope they didn't put the lotion on and then eat the cookies because they <laughs> probably ate some lotion at the same time. But no, that's awesome. So um, other than being a representative for Mary Kay, can you give us, an, uh, um, I guess, a benefit of Mary Kay that might be better than some of the other products that are out there? Yeah. So one is if you're my customer or my client, you get me. <laughs> As your consultant. But what I really like is that, so like if you go to a store, like let's say you go to Macy's or whatever, right? And you buy skincare. You can't call them and say, hey, how do I use this again? Or like, wait, what works best with this? Okay, my skin is breaking out. What do you think? Like you can't go back and ask those types of questions to them. Or you can't even, if you open it and you realize like, oh, this is not the right one, you can't return it either, right? Like you can return your products back to me. It doesn't come out of my pocket. Everything's 100% guarantee. Uh, but then I can also walk you through how to properly use the product, what the product is supposed to do. I follow up with you to make sure that you're getting the right results, right? Because if it's like, wait a minute, your skin's not supposed to be breaking out. What's happening? Let's make sure you're using it properly. Okay, what are you allergic to? I can look up and see, you know, if that has those types of ingredients that you're allergic to. I mean, so much, right? And we always talk about customer service, but you really get upgraded customer service when you have a Mary Kay consultant. So I know I was kind of like a friend, Bob Brooks, and thought Mary Kay was just for women. 
Um, but share about all the products because you do have things for men, and I'm sure there's other things that we may not know about. So share yeah. some of those. So we have a whole men's line that has a facial wash. We have what Bob calls uh, Frank's Hot Sauce, uh, which is for its instant puffiness reducers, right? I call it the magic eraser for puffiness underneath the eye area, and that's for anybody, men and women. You have to tell why he calls it that. (laughs) He puts it everywhere. All right, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have fragrances. We have body care, um, skin care, of course, for men and women also. We even have skin care for ages 4 to 17, because you, we want kids to start taking care of their skin at an early age. So when they get older, they won't be like, man, I wish I would have, you know. But also to learn about skincare because a lot of times people be out in the sun. They aren't protecting their skin. Like the sun is not good when it comes to skincare. It causes damage. It causes wrinkles. It causes dark spots, you know, all of that stuff. And so we provide education too, right, about skincare. But then we also have makeup. A lot of times people always, when they hear Mary Kay, they think, oh, makeup. It's not just makeup. It's like 80% skincare, and then you have the makeup also. Um, and so I love providing the education to people about how to take better care of your skin, what you can do. Because sometimes when we look in the mirror, we're like, man, I need to lift this up. I need to pull this back. I need to get rid of these wrinkles here. I need, you know, and so um, starting sooner rather than later helps with that. But we have products for any and everything. Fragrances, I don't know if I said that. Um, but bath care, you know, body care, um, feet care, all of that stuff. Got any car deodorant? Deodorant? <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, explain how kind of Mary Kay and you guys work because I know there are uh, several, there's a lot of Mary Kay consultants mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Do you guys have certain territories? How does that work? Yeah, so there are no territories, but we pride ourselves on what we call the go-give spirit and the golden rule, right? Which is to treat others the way you want to be treated. Um, but the go-give is like if I'm out and about and I'm talking to someone and I say, oh, I do Mary Kay. Do you have a Mary Kay consultant? And if she says yes, then that's the end of the, that's not the end of conversation, but that's the end of like me talking about Mary Kay, right? She can ask me questions about products and all of that stuff, but I'm going to always refer her back to her consultant because we never want to take a customer from a consultant, because there are millions of people. There's enough people, you know, to go around for you to have a, a consultant also or a customer as well. So um, if I do a party and there's people there and there's a couple of people who already have Mary Kay consultants, they can order from me at the party, but I won't follow up with them. You know, I'll say you got to go back to your consultant, follow up with your consultant, ask your consultant these questions and that kind of stuff. Um, because, again, we never want to take anybody away from that consultant. And so we pride ourselves on that. So can you share about what the part, the party, what kind of party are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> we like to get down and dirty, um, but <laughs> we do all kinds of parties. So um, bridal bashes, so um, people that are getting married or having an anniversary, a wedding anniversary or anything like that, they get girlfriends together, um, even guy friends together. And we would do pampering. We call them pampering sessions. Well, we'll do like a hand and lip softening treatment with an anti-aging facial, deep pore cleansing treatment um we do just regular pampering sessions we do birthday bashes so you know girlfriends get together for a birthday you have a pampering session a spa night um we also do uh birthday bashes we do we call them classes also we do makeover parties makeover bashes um we do mimosas and makeovers i mean like there's so many things you can do (laughs) that could be trouble in itself right there Do you guys do any of those parties as fundraisers? We do. We do. So I have a girlfriend who um, her she's doing it for a sporting 
team right now because sports getting ready to start back up for high school. And so to help parents be able to cover the fees for their um, their kids. So she's donating part of her profits because we make a 50 percent profit. So she's donating part of her profits to the organization to help pay for the kids. Yesterday, I did an event um, with Ignite Hope, which is an uh, organization that supports foster families and adoptions. And so I did free makeovers for the moms, the foster moms, and the kids got some lipstick. So they loved it. They thought they were getting made over, too. But um, so, yeah, we always do events and stuff like that, too. So I know a guy does fundraisers. We'll have to talk. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) So, um, all right. So you do a lot of networking. You're out and about. You go to several of the groups that I go to as well. And um, we always talk about the power and positivity of networking. Can you share a story that's happened to you while networking? Yeah. So, well, first off, I didn't even know networking groups existed until I retired from the Navy and I got a magazine in the mail and it was for Acquire Business Association and it said, you know, ABA meeting, Acquire Business Association meeting. And I was like, Business Association, what is that? So I called the number and I was like, hey, can I attend this? You know, is this like something I can go to? And they were like, yeah, you can come, you know. And they gave me the details of when the next meeting was. And I was like, okay, so I showed up. Um, I didn't know I had to have a spiel to say anything, you know, I mean, like I was completely new to networking and this was a year ago, like last year, May, cause I retired last year from the military, July 1st. Um, but I was on terminal leave and I got the magazine and so I showed up and, you know, it was so welcoming because people recognize new faces, right? And they welcome you in, ask you questions and that kind of stuff. I had no idea what to say. I, I mean, like I was so clueless. Um, but then thankfully Oh, and at my first networking meeting, this is when Bob called me out and he was like, oh, you do Mary Kay. Oh, there's I won't be able to use your services, but I can probably refer you. I was like, "Um, no, we have men products like <laughs> and now- always good to put Bob in a place. That's good. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, I stood up, fumbled through my 30 second um, spill and got better over time. But as I started to meet people, um, one thing was. I didn't even know that senior living homes were a thing, you know, like, and I learned this through networking and I have met so many people and I have been able to go into senior living homes now and I pamper the residents, which is a lot of fun. I mean, they love it. You'll be surprised. Those ladies love their makeup (laughs) and they love when someone comes in and just pamper them and just kind of let them be right. Um, Let them look in the mirror, tell them how beautiful they are and all of that stuff too. Um, but I love connecting people, you know, not just me, but like connecting other people together. And so being able to sit down and listen to someone tell me a little bit about them and about their business. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, OK, who would be a co- connection for this person? Like, who can I connect them with? Um, and I've been able to make a lot of connections for other people through networking, which I probably would have never done because I didn't even know that that was a thing. <laughs> I love that aspect. That's one of my third passions is connecting others with others. And that's one reason I shared last week why I bring three people on on the show at one time is to connect others with others, unless you're a husband and wife team. So, <laughs> um, so um, if somebody's listening and wants to get a hold of you for your services, how can they do that? So you can follow me on any um, social media platform. I am MZ, so Ms. Kimberly George. Um, and Kimberly is with the L-Y. George, G-E-O-R-G-E, but Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, you know, whatever else is out there. Threads, Instagram threads. Yes, I am on threads now. <laughs> All right. So the other question I have for you, other than the difference of reason why you network, why is it important for you to be part of the community? 
Um, because I like giving back for one, but I also like I am still a huge proponent of the military. I am still recruiting for the Navy <laughs> in my mind, right? But I enjoy sitting down and telling people about things that they probably don't know, like the benefits that the Navy has, right? Um, I'm taking a client to her granddaughter to a Navy recruiting office to just sit down with her and answer questions for her, but to also make sure she's getting the right services that she needs to, right? Um, But I also love telling people about Mary Kay and educating the community on what Mary Kay has to offer because a lot of people, one, think it's all just women products and not for men, um, but also think that it's only makeup and it's not. And it's a whole bunch of other stuff too. Um, But then I love educating about skincare as well. I'm very passionate about skincare um, because when I go to the senior living homes, um, you know, the ladies in there tell me they wish they would have started taking care of their skin at a younger age, you know, and now they're 75, 80 years old. And they're like, I need this and I need to pull this back and I need to, you know, get rid of this line here, you know. And so I love being able to teach and educate about why skincare is so important as well. Awesome. All right. So one more time, just share your website if you can real quick. Yes. So my website is you can either that MaryKayLady.com or you can go to MaryKay.com slash KGeorge43. Awesome. Well, Kimberly, thanks for sharing a little bit of your story. Don't go anywhere because we're really not done with you yet. But we're going to move over to now Amanda and Clay Gentry, Real Property Management. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. So we're going to talk to your better half first, Clay. Okay. Ladies first. Yes. And she starts with an A. So we're going <laughs> to yeah. go that route. So so Amanda, you uh, you also are a professor, right, at Shorty University. And yes. you also do a lot of things for the youth because you work with Excel Christian Academy and mm-hmm. cheerleading and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So uh, share a little bit of your background. Yeah, so I actually went to Excel Christian Academy in Cartersville, Georgia, and then I went to Lee University after that where I did cheer. I was a collegiate cheerleader. I graduated with a BS. That stands for Bachelor's of Science, people. <laughs> I have a lot of BS, by the yeah, way. Yeah, two yeah, two yeah, BSs yeah, and yeah. is my first and two initials, so we're good. <laughs> there you go. Um, a Bachelor of Science in Human Development, but with a business minor. And then I went into academia immediately, but on the coaching side. Um, I didn't really love it as much as I thought I was going to. So I ended up working for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a little bit uh, for the state director, Robert Green, in Tennessee. Then I went to Tennessee Wesleyan. I was like, you know what? I want to go back to academia, but I want to go into academics versus of higher ed versus athletics so i went to tennessee tennessee wesley university where i got my master's my mba and i did the management excellence program that's the adult degree completion program so you know when life happens like maybe you did have a baby in college or you had to drop out for work or something or military service this is where they come back and finish that degree so i ran that program for a while and i decided i wanted to teach So I went and got my Ph.D. in org behavior with a human resource development cognate. And now I'm at Shorter University. Uh, I teach HR there, management, nonprofit management, all that fun stuff in both the undergrad and graduate level. And then I also adjunct at Tennessee Wesleyan University, Uh, you know, where it started. (laughs) I adjunct in their MBA program. And then exciting news, I just got hired on at Oral Roberts for their doctoral program. Awesome. Congratulations. I'm excited about that, um, to add that to uh, my resume as well. But uh, that's a little bit about my background. I did work at United Way briefly. Um, I've worked, you know, in the nonprofit sector 
uh, Clay has as well. I'll let him talk a little bit about that. But what I do now is I do teach at Shorter mainly. That's um, my, that's my home. <laughs> I love that place. Um, but I also coach cheerleading at Excel. And then I also help uh, this guy with RPM, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Somebody has to do the back of the house right. so you can see him at all the networking right. events, right? Um, so I help him out with that. But, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. So you're teaching, I guess, all the other stuff. You're doing all that by virtual? You're not actually going out to the schools, right? So the adjuncting? Yes. So the adjuncts with Oral Roberts is completely online. Uh, TWU is hybrid. So I do go up there and teach a residency for their executive program. Um, where students can come for that one weekend. It's very intense. They have a big project, but it's a, it's a hybrid one. So you mentioned a little bit about working with United Way, and you said you also uh, did some Southern Fellowship Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you guys will be there anyway, but August 16th is the next trivia, and it's for FCA yeah. Bartow. So, Ooh, yeah, I think we already bought our tickets. Not yet. The not ticket yet. link hadn't gone up yet. Oh, so okay. You Clay will, does that you will Monday. So that's when it comes Monday. up. Monday, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so – other than that, obviously it's a passion of yours, but why is it important to be a part of the community and giving back and, and just helping others? Well, I feel like the way the way I was raised in my family, I feel like the community poured so much in, into me, into myself, the school, um, really the community in general, the churches, uh, the chamber. I did you know youth leadership, and I feel like all these professionals poured into me, and I really want to do that for other youth. I want to do it for these young adults that don't know what to do, whether it's the military, whether it's technical college, whether it's not no college at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has a different path and a different you know plan for their life, and uh, those plans change constantly. So being able to help them maneuver that, but just really to give back to the community that poured into me so much. All right, so I'm going to ask you, because I'm sure it's a different story than who he's going to give. How did you guys meet? So we actually, yeah, we actually met on Facebook. We met online on social media. Uh, he actually played uh, baseball with my brother, and then um, he slid in the DMs <laughs> eight oh, years ago. Nice. That's the best way to say it. Nice. Eight years ago. Yeah, can't wait for my turn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I like the baseball reference there. Slid yeah, in. So like he, yeah. yeah, he already knew me, kind of. Right. Kind of. <laughs> so I'm glad it worked out because I worked and, and dated somebody I met on Facebook and it was a disaster. So I'm glad that you get an example of it working. So. <laughs> yeah. So we can be we can be the post poster child. There you go. They need yeah. us. There to you be. go. All right, Clay. You uh you're also a veteran. Yes. Uh remind me of the branch you served? Marine Corps. Marine Corps. Obviously you look like a Marine, yeah, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um so share your story if you don't mind. Yeah, so I joined straight out of high school. Um, literally, I graduated. As soon as I graduated, I went down to PCB. You know, it was a graduation trip, which was probably not a smart idea. But when I was down there, my recruiter called me and said, hey, can you leave tomorrow? And I said, sure. Um, I'm in PCB right now, but I can be there. So I came back from PCB. Literally, the next day, went to MEPS and then went to and went to Paris Island. And uh, that started a career that I had no idea what was to come, <laughs> but it was great. I loved it. Um, I, I was I was infantry. I was part of the Second Battalion, Ninth Marines. Um, as soon as I got to the to the fleet, we did a workup. Went to Iraq. Um, was there seven months. Came back from Iraq. Was only back like three months. And then we went to Central America and did counter narcotics missions with the DEA and Coast Guard Special Operations and. Uh, 
we, we were at Gitmo and, um, and then came back from that deployment and went on another one back to Afghanistan. And there I was, uh, injured overseas uh, and I was sent back home and, and medically retired out of the Marine Corps. So, um, after that, I, I moved back to Georgia. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I was like, man, I've been through a lot in the past 10 years. I just kind of want to, just kind of want to take it easy, lay low. And so I was, I was, I was managing a, a, a Zaxby's in Cartersville. And, uh, like she said, we met on Facebook and, uh, she's like, where do you work at? And I told her, well, she showed up. Oh, she, oh. Showed, she showed up. And, <laughs> And so I, I gave her some free food. I tried to get the free food. Okay, I was hungry. I was a right. college student yeah, at the time. That's how okay, it let's. Well, and and so, anyways, that that sparked you know conversations. We started dating, um, and of course there was a there was a travel, you know, piece in there because she was going to Lee at the time, and and anyway, so we we dated for quite a while. A lot of long weekends, go traveling back up to you know Cleveland, back down to Rome where I lived at, and. Uh, and so we got engaged, and she said, hey, do you want to move to Tennessee? And I said, sure, why not? I have nothing else going on. Uh, so I moved up to Tennessee, and, and she, she said, uh, you're going you're gonna to go back to school, or you're going to go to school. And I said, you're crazy. I'm not going to school. And she said, oh, no, you're going to go to school. She said, I, th- I think you'll, you'll do great at it. And I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. All right, I'll give it a shot. And so I went to school and, and uh, at Tennessee Wesleyan. I got my undergrad there, and then I went on to get my master's uh, at Tennessee Wesleyan as well. So she got me for two terms, you know, at, at school. She tried, she's trying to get me to go back to get a, a, a doctorate, but no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I've seen the tears over here, and, uh, and I know no way I can handle it. But in the meantime, while, while up in Tennessee, I was AmeriCorps VISTA, which is like the domestic Peace Corps for the United States, because um, I wanted to give back other, you know, in a different way. Um, I didn't want to didn't want to go be a police officer. I, I wanted to, you know, cause in being infantry, that's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of what's out there for you, you know? And I was like, I, I want to do something different, something unique. And so she worked for the AmeriCorps Vista program too at the time. And, and I said, what can you, you know, what's out there for me? And she said, I think you'll like this program called the YMCA youth community action project. And I said, okay, what's that? And she said, YCAP is a at risk. Um, it's, it's a, it's a group for at risk youth ages 10 to 13 in the metropolitan Chattanooga area. And I said, okay, that's, that's cool. I guess I've never worked with kids. Didn't really see myself working with kids. And so I, I went to work with them and I was there about six months and they hired me on to, uh, work in, uh, to open a site, uh, with another, uh, lady, her name was Sloan and, and me and her went to Udawa and we opened a site, ran a site there and, and, uh, did that for four or five years. And it was the most rewarding, you know, one of the most rewarding things, you know, I've done other than, my time in the military and, and just being able to see these kids who were all victims of crime of some sort and knowing the backgrounds they came from and um, seeing them grow, become young men and women and go to high school. And, you know, now they're starting to graduate and I'm starting to get phone calls and, you know, I'm like, Oh man, I'm getting old. Like <laughs> I remember, you know, when they were little anyway. So it, that was very rewarding. Um, Andy Smith up there in Chattanooga does a great job with the YCAP program, him and his staff, and uh, and they, they're still going strong today. They just opened up another site in East Brainerd, I think is where it's at. But, um, yeah, they they're, they do great things up there. I mean, they're, they're really the, the hands and feet of Jesus with those kids that are going through the school system. Um, and so while we were up there, she got hired on, you know, at Shorter. And so we had to make the transition. And so we made the transition back to, to Georgia and um, – 
I really didn't know what I was going to do then either, you know, and, and uh, so uh, I saw that Mohawk Industries at the time had a, had a position for recruiting military personnel that are getting out of the military. And they said, hey, you, you want to come be our recruiter, basically? And I said, sure. So I traveled the country and went to uh, all the bases, and it was kind of nice because, you know, you know how to talk to them, and mm-hmm. you're, you're back around in that environment again. And, and getting those uh, individuals, uh, you know, that were coming out of the military – a job in the civilian workforce in a corporate, you know, job, a Fortune 500 company, and seeing them, you know, be able to come straight out, smoothly transition into into you know a decent paying job, and and have a have a you know some structure right off the bat, which is kind of unheard of in some instances, and and uh, so I did that, and then uh, while we were on a trip, actually, uh, there was a lady who helps veterans start their own business. And the one trip I took my wife okay, on. Okay, I have to come in at this point. Okay, okay. So I went on one trip, one trip only, and the whole ride up there, Clay's talking about how he loves his job, but he doesn't think that this is what he's called to do, and he feels like he should be an entrepreneur. And he's talked about you know property management, real estate before. And uh, anyways, I get up there. I'll let you. I just had to give that like preface yeah. before he keeps going. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I get up there and and it's these guys like these these service members. They they go through a class, right? They go, they go through a class and and for them to get out is part of their criteria. So they go in. These speakers come in. These people from other you know jobs they come in. They give like a basically a sixty second spill of who they are, why they should come work for their company. Then they go work in like then they go out there and it's like a little mini career fair, and so. I'm up there doing my thing. I come back down and my wife here has taken my stuff off the table and moved it somewhere else that I didn't even want to go. And I was like, I didn't like the table placement. It wasn't really good for the fair. Let's talk about that. It was great for me. It wasn't great for her. She moved it. Okay. Well, she, when she did the whole time, these guys and, and girls were coming through and talking to us. My wife's sitting there talking to this lady. I'm like, Hey, you need to go let her, you know, recruit some service members. And she said, she has you. And I said, okay, we're going to talk about this afterwards. You know, and so didn't think anything of it. Long story short, uh, we, I was the her recruit, and, and and it took us about a year. But she kind of walked and guided us through the process of starting a business from you know point A to point B, and and you know here we are now. So, well, so that's a good lead in. Uh, I'll, we'll get to real property management in yep. a second, but this is for you and Kimberly because yep. you're both vets. Um, I might have mentioned this. I think I mentioned it to you. I don't know if I mentioned to you, Kimberly, but there is an organization out of Dallas, Georgia, called the Outer Circle Foundation. They work with veterans and first responders on PTSD, suicide prevention, and the transition back into society and working. Um, So we're hopefully going to be doing a expo in November for businesses that are owned by veterans, first responders, and businesses that hire them. So I'd like for Clay and Kimberly to share some advice for those who might be listening who are either getting ready to come out of the service or those who have retired mm-hmm. and thinking about what's next. Um, can you give some advice to those guys or girls? The biggest thing that I've seen just traveling around recruiting these guys and, and kind of put my own story into it is, is do your planning, like plan ahead of time. You know, a, a lot of people like me, I was like, Oh, that day's never going to come. Or even when it was coming, I was like, Oh, I'll have something lined up. You know, the best thing to do is do your homework, do plan, Listen to your transition assistance counselors. You know, just just plan. There's so many people out there. Just they just don't plan, and they 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 go in there and no guidance, and and they they struggle. And um, 
but you know, there's a lot of help nowadays that's out there with the transitioning services. And, and so, you know, get on LinkedIn, especially connect network, you know, find people. There's, there's organizations out there that write free resumes for veterans, Mm -hmm. you know, link up with them, you know, let get a resume, you know, start sending it out to, to businesses and go, go to these job fairs, you know, uh, that like recruit military does or, or, you know, the ones on base, they have hiring events on base, you know, you, they can go to that. I mean, that's just a short, right. small snippet of it, but yeah, plan. I mean, Kimberly, what would you say? I would say the transition from military to civilian life is so different. It took me a long time to finally get it together <laughs> yeah. um, because I was so structured, you know, like, I got up at 4.30 in the morning and I went and PT'd and then I knew I had to do this next and I had this and this and this and I know I didn't get off until this time, you know, and so it was so structured. And then when I retired, it was like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I don't know. Like, do I still need to get up at 4.30 in the morning? Like, my husband was like, why are you getting up at 4.30 in the morning? I'm like, I'm so ingrained in 4.30 in the morning, you know, and so, um, and it's so funny, like, coming here, I was like, I need to start getting back up at 4.30 in the morning, I'm like, <laughs> Because I was like, I'm missing out on a lot of stuff. Like, I need to start doing that, you know, even as a business owner. But um, the transition, it took me a while to finally get my footing, you know, um, because I didn't have somebody telling me what to do or, you know, somebody basically saying this is what you got today, you know, for your schedule and stuff. And it was me having to put my schedule together. So that was a little different for me. Um, But just know that you got to one, find something that you like, right? Find something that you really enjoy doing and that you like. Um, But two, it takes a while for you to get used to it because the civilian world is completely different. And you'll find that the way we operate in the military and the way civilians operate (laughs) is not the same. Like it is not the same. Like, there's accountability over, you know, in the military, it's accountability. You got to show up on time. You show up like on time is late, you know, all of that ingrained in you. And then when you over here on the civilian world, like what time to meet starting? I thought we were supposed to start at 10 o'clock. It's 1030. We haven't started yet. Like what's going on? You know, and so you got to get used to, you know, that kind of stuff, too. But it's a the transition for me was a struggle um, for a while. It probably took me about six to eight months to finally be like, okay, this is what I got to do. This is how I do it, you know, because I felt like I was like flailing a little bit, you know, with the transition, trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And I had my business, but I worked my business in pockets of time around the military schedule. Now I have a full day to work my business and I had no idea what to do, you know, so it definitely takes a little time to get used to it. I'd say too, um, there's a, there's this mentality of, transition to service members regardless of from whether they're e1 to you know mm-hmm. i won't go into the higher ranking officers because they've probably already with their connections already have jobs getting out but um you know you got to know that you're starting over mm-hmm. you know this is your civilian career and 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 i did have the same mentality i was like oh i'm come out and i'm gonna get this high paying job you know and, and be middle level manager right off the bat and that that's that was a quick you know, slap in the face because mm-hmm. it's, you know, you start, you're going to have to start from the bottom again, you know, not saying you, you you're going to be entry level, but you know, you're not going to come out and, and be in a, in a leadership role immediately, you know, to the level that you were in the military. So that's, that's kind of hard, you know, thing for some service members to wrap their head around and, and just know that, you know, Hey, yeah, it seems like you're taking a step back, but I mean, you gotta, it's different, you know, in the civilian world, like she said, you, you got to, 
you kind of have to you kind of got to adapt to yeah. how things are being done on on the civilian side and and just you know kind of sit back and watch and listen and yeah. learn how it goes yeah you have to give yourself time like yeah you have to give yourself time you know i'm still adjusting I mean. yeah right Oh, I'm sure it takes you because your body has to just naturally anyway for all kinds of things. Even if you're not military and you, my mom just retired and she's trying to adjust to the retirement yeah. and she's a week, not even a week into it. So, um, all right. So that's a good transition. Let's talk about real property management. What yeah. do you guys do and yeah. uh, who do you serve? So we, uh, we do residential property management and small commercial. Uh, we, we service six different counties. So Bartow, Floyd, Polk, Paulding, Carroll, and Harrelson. And uh, we can do outside of those territories. Uh, we just can't market. You know, we can't go in another territory and market. But um, we do specialize in Airbnbs, VRBOs now. So, we, you know, we, we are getting calls from people all, you know, as far down as the panhandle wanting us to, to do, their, do their marketing for them, do their, you know, property manage their, their, uh, their units down there. Um, so we, it's kind of a mixed race. So, we, like, we have, the, we have residential, we have the, the Airbnbs, we have uh, apartment complexes. I mean, you name it. And so with us, you know, it's the reason we got into property management is because we rented for four years and when we lived in Tennessee. And I could tell you if I know what I know, if I had known what I know now, it would have been a different situation mm-hmm. up there. It's, but one of the reasons why when we started this business was we, we looked, but we thought back then we said, you know, one day we're going to start a business and we're never going to be treated like treat anyone else how we were treated. And little did we know it was property management and now we're in this and i always look back and say hey we're never you know be fair and what you do and be honest in what you do and mm-hmm. and you know have goodwill and good intent and and with your with your clients whether it's the owner or the tenants and um and that's that seemed to work out pretty good you know so instead of you know i don't want to put them on on blast or anything, but you know, yeah. th- there was just a, there's a lot out, a lot of property managers out there. People hear property management and they shy away. They're like, Ugh. right? Yeah, there's a negative connotation yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, and so how to, how could we change that? So we, you know, at least in our community, obviously. And so we 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 started RPM and and it is a franchise out of headquartered out of Dallas, Texas, and um, we brought went over there and got our training, learned the business model. Got my real estate license, came back, opened up here, and and now we're servicing the Northwest Georgia area. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of let her touch on the give back program that we have. Yeah, like he said, um, we do have two clients. We have our owners that own, like it's their asset, right, the property. But then we also have the tenants just because, I mean, it's their home too, you know. It's their place that they get to go home every day after a hard day and they get to unwind. So we know that side just because of how we were treated through that process. So I think that's one thing about us is we're very intentional not just to – Okay, we'll just ask ask the owner or like snub the tenant, right? Because we want to listen to their issue as well. So the one thing that we do that's pretty cool is we have what's called a give back program for the owners. So when the owner signs on with us, they get a choice to opt in a percentage of the management fee, not of their money that they get, but of our management fee can go to a nonprofit of their choice. So whatever they're passionate about, whether it's beach charitable pursuits, <laughs> whether it's all in, all out, right? Whatever, um, United Way, whatever they're interested in, um, they get to pick that nonprofit and a percentage goes there. So every year we cut the check for that nonprofit. And the cool thing about it is when we cut it, it's a tax break for that owner. 
because they've been donating. So it's kind of cool if you look at it. Um, it's a way that we can give back to the community, but also the owners know that they're giving back a little bit too. So we're trying to kind of change the stigma of property management. Um, and of course, we can only start with us. Right. right? Well, that's awesome. I think a lot of people start businesses because of the way they were treated or saw the way yes. people were treated. Um, I need to connect you guys because I don't think I've done it yet. Do you guys know Daniel and Aaron Reese? Their husband and wife real estate team here in Woodstock, but they do something similar where they give back their commissions to the person's choice of a nonprofit. Oh, cool! So I'll, I'll make you guys that That's connection. Good. So, um, so I got some questions on the property management. Yeah. Um, all right. So, is there a difference in working with an investor versus somebody maybe like me who owns a home and just wants to rent it out? I mean, yes. There, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. There, there's. I mean, sure. There's a difference. I mean, it's. But it, I mean, if you have one home, you know, mm-hmm. investors usually come in and they they're either building a whole complex, you know, and they have fifty to a hundred homes. So you know, the prices look different, the paperwork looks different. But our specialty, while we can't, while we deal with a lot of investors, our specialty is a single, you know, uh, family home. Mm-hmm. So if you come to me and you say, "Hey, I've got I've got a home. I own a home. I want to make a little passive income. I just bought another one," or "Hey, I'm moving. I want to rent mine." That's where we kind of come in. We say, hey, okay, this is what we're built for. Here's here's what we can do for you. Especially because some, I mean, there's different types of owners, right? You got the investors. Mm-hmm. You have those accidental owners, mm-hmm. the ones that, oh, my parent just mm-hmm. died. This is my family home. That's completely yeah. different than an investor. An investor, they want to know the money. They want to know when they get their check. They're thinking about all the financials where that person's like, Okay, can you do an evaluation? Can you go take a photo? And we do evaluations for our owners so they can opt in on how many times a year they want Clay personally to go out there, take photos of the home so that they can see, well, this is our family home. This is where I grew up. Yeah. The floor is still doing good. Oh, yeah, I see. You know, the fire – because it's, it's their home too. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the type of owner, but, yeah, yeah. there's a complete – there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can obviously tell which one they like working with best. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, all right, so if uh, – I guess uh, – and this may be some dumb questions. I'm going to ask them anyway. But so as a, as a homeowner uh, and you want to rent out a property, uh, when you do sign you guys on as the management team, you the owner is not working with the, the, the people Tenant. living, the tenants. No. It's they, they're calling yeah, you to so, work everything. Yeah, you, so you have no contact. You don't even know who's living in your house. You, have, you don't even know who's living in your house. You just, you know – that's where you trust us. You hired us yeah. to do the job. That's you know, let it. We're the, we're the middleman. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we have a very thorough screening process. Probably one of the toughest ones in our area. I mean, of course, we do the credit check. We do a background check. We do, we do uh, mm-hmm. the reference checks, employment checks. I mean, we we, we do re- our due diligence. Yeah, we really want to know. Make sure that we are putting the best person in that home, mm-hmm. the best fit for it. You know, and and yeah. and so. Um, because like she said, it's, it's your asset too, you know, and we, and while you're not there, you want to know that you have a good qualified tenant in there, not somebody who's going to trash it and rent it and Mm -hmm. claim squatters rights, you know, and, and that's, that's a big thing right now. And, um, and so I guess really, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And equal housing is very important too. So when it comes to that, um, we make sure that the owner never knows who the tenant is and the tenant doesn't know who the owner is. They all communication goes through us. So they may say, um, like the owner may say, well, I drove by the property and I saw this. Okay. Well, you, 
legally you can't step on that property. Please mm-hmm. do not. I know yeah. it's yours, mm-hmm. but everything comes through us because yeah. your headache is now our headache. Renters have laws too. And they have, yeah, they mm-hmm. have rights. They have protections. And we're trying yeah. to protect both sides. both sides. So that's kind of the cool thing that we do. Um, we have one owner who has seven properties. And um, he's like, I want no one to know mm-hmm. that I own this property. So, of course, we advised him to put it into an LLC that does not have his name on it. <laughs> you know, like some kind of encrypted LLC yeah. um, to put those properties under because, you know, I mean, tenants are smart. They'll look mm-hmm. it up. They'll start calling him at midnight about the water heater. No, that's us. <laughs> um, so we're able to yeah, play we, kind of that. We handle everything. Yeah. You know, we handle the maintenance, the financing. Um, and on both sides for the tenant and the owner, you know, there's, there's, you'll have your own, you have your own portfolio. The tenant mm-hmm. has their own portfolio and they can go mm-hmm. online at any time and they can, you know, submit a maintenance request. They can mm-hmm. pay their rent. They can, you know, whatever it is. And we give a, a quarterly, um, sheet uh i guess what, what am i thinking of we give or that what? financial statement yeah, the financial to statement the owner, she's yeah. my back of the house yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so they get a quarterly financial statement you know to show you know what the rent roll is for the past three months yeah. the maintenance log you know what are they yeah. making if we we kind of do a 12 month projection to show them mm-hmm. you know in 12 months this is what you you know where you should be at how much mm-hmm. you should make and are you still as an owner going to make a profit you know it, over the next five ten years if you keep renting this compared to if you just sold now yeah. You know. And then one other thing that's unique about us as well is we have a resident benefit package that the owners love that we do. Mm-hmm. So this is where the, when the tenant comes on, instead of having to pay insurance and all this fun stuff, insurance is included in this resident benefit package. So they pay $50 a month and it comes with full coverage renter insurance. It comes with um, filter service. So the filters are come are coming quarterly. Mm-hmm. We put that in. It comes with pest control. It comes with um, special things that the tenant can hop on to their portal and they can get like discounts for food and stuff. So like DoorDash or something may give them like 20% off like that week. So there's a resident benefit package that the owners love because they know the tenants are being taken care of, but also the asset is being taken care of, the good, home, the property. Yeah, one good thing about that resident benefit package the renters have a choice to opt in to meet with a, the, an advisor, and that advisor will coach and guide them along the way to buying a home. Mm-hmm. And so they building have building that credit, yeah, yeah. They, building their credit. It, they teach them. I mean, and and it's not mandatory. You know, they can, they have to opt into it, but it is there. And we have a couple that have taken advantage of it now. And and I don't. I mean, I, I wish I had that yeah. back in the day. And 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 you know, our goal is not to, for the tenant not to have them in there you know, for longer than, than needed, you know, so I'm hoping at the end of their lease that they're, they're able to buy and move on and, you know, go on to bigger and better things and, and buy a home. That's what, you know, that's be a homeowner. Be a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was getting going to ask if you guys took care of everything for the maintenance. So thanks for reading my mind on that. Um, <laughs> so you just mentioned lease. Is there a difference between leasing and renting? I know the difference if you do a car, but is what's the difference between leasing yeah, and renting in a home? There's some contractual agreements, you know, things that some the small print that comes that's different um, on the property management side, at least. Um, so, like, you know, if we rent your home, it's leasing is basically it's just a it's usually short term um, on our end. It is at least, and it's it's more of commercial based. Um, you know, you're doing it for a business that's it's got different, uh, it's got different, like I said, it's, it's different contractual agreements. There's things in there that, that differ from just a, like a residential property. Um, and 
a lot of legalities that play in. There's different laws that go into a, a commercial lease than just a residential lease. Um, I mean, you pretty much said it. Leasing yeah, is definitely on the short term with the commercial where the renting mm-hmm. is going to be your typical one-year, yeah. 12-month contractual single-family or even multifamily with apartments and, listen, and stuff there's, like that. There's people out there that will lease to you for three years. I mean, and that's – I don't advise it, but, right. you know. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, but yeah, there's, there's a difference and, and yeah. it, it depends on, you know, your insurance has to be stated a certain way. Um, it's more costly in some instances, not all, but some. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just really what you're trying to do, you know, it varies per person. Right. You know, do you want, do you want it to be sold, you know, to be rented by a business or do you want somebody to live in it? Right. So, uh, what's a benefit for a real estate agent to work with you guys? Because I mean, obviously yeah. they, they are working with folks looking for homes yeah. and like that. So yeah. what kind of benefit is it with working with another real estate agent? Yeah. So we have a realtor referral program where if a realtor refers a owner homeowner to us and they sign a management agreement, they, they they get $500. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, that can add up pretty, pretty mm-hmm. quick. Uh, it, and, uh, one of one of our biggest contributors right now is Stormy, and uh, yep. and and so um, by the way, Stormy, if you're listening, you have money coming your way. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but uh but no, it's it's this realtor referral program. It's actually been really great. Um, it, we've had we we get calls as far east as Buford, you know, of people that are like, hey, saw your LinkedIn post. You know, I have a client that's you know moving out there and they're buying a home and you know they they want to they want to rent rent out another home you know it's it's, it's crazy you'd be surprised right. all, all the yeah. there's money out there that that i had no idea existed right. and i'm like how do i get into that mm-hmm. circle yeah. right. <laughs> what about some folks that are in the mortgage industry do they, you guys work with those folks as well yeah, oh yeah we work real close with the mortgage lenders um because you know they're dealing with clients that it, whether they're buying a home or buying you know uh, uh i guess you could say investment properties mm-hmm. those are those are big ones so uh those a lot of our mortgage lenders they'll like they'll call, they'll call me and say, Hey, I have a lead for you. You know, there, um, I have somebody who's, who's interested in buying, you know, six homes in Bartow County. Um, or they have an Airbnb or VRBOs or Verbos that, you know, houses. And we know you guys can do that because that can be kind of a headache. You know, can you guys yeah. take care of that? And so it's, we do work closely with the mortgage lenders. They do call us, they, they give us leads and, and, um, you know, so it, it, Really, right now, it's more the realtors that that are sending stuff our way, but the mortgage lenders they do they do contact us and say, "Hey, I do have leads." They kind of got to be careful, you know, too, because they 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 have contractual agreements with you know with privacy acts, and they don't they don't want to tell sometimes you know exactly who it is, and especially if it's not a strong lead. So, um, and the realtors they get money, right? <laughs> there you, know? you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know. So I'm guessing with your background too, you don't have a problem if going in and. Uh What's the not eject? What's the evict? Yes. Yeah. No, he does not have no, that issue. <laughs> no, no, no. We've, we've only had one instance where where you know it's, it somebody testy. was yeah, it got testy, but but uh, it's it's you know it's yeah everything was good. You know it yeah. no it didn't get physical or anything yeah. crazy like that. But uh, we thought it was it, it was it's you know like I said it even it happens it happens in, in everywhere. You know there's mm-hmm. people they have these lock boxes. It's like that you can go around and you can put a code in and, you know, you, you can go and tour the house yourself. The real estate agent doesn't even have mm-hmm. to be there. Well, what you ran into is people are putting in the code and then they're going in and squatting. Oh. 
or yeah. they're scamming yeah. people and they'll put up photos like and they'll rent out the they'll property. Rent out the property. But yeah. what? Yes. They'll rent out the property. Right. And so we had to go in and say, hey, you got to pack your stuff. Like it's time to, you got to get out of here. I'm not going to call the police. If you just leave, you know. Yeah, that's we'll, definitely Clay's uh, part of the job yeah, yeah. <laughs> versus mine. That's not on my job. I think we should come up with it like in the, in the jets and then have an ejection seat where you just. Well, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was like, I was like, look, I understand, you know, I don't, maybe I don't understand what you're going through, yeah. but maybe I can help you find housing, you know? And yeah. so, well, it didn't turn into a client, but you know, it, 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 it was actually a pretty healthy conversation yeah. for somebody who was really in a tough spot. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, we could deal with those, unfortunately. Um, oh. but you know, it's, it's part of the business I and mean, right. it comes with it. So if somebody's listening and thinking about, wanting to have some passive income and thinking this is their route to go other than calling you yep. give them some advice to start the process. So if they're looking uh, for, you know, to have investment property, I'd say first thing to do if you, if you haven't talked to anybody is, is talk to a financial advisor first, make sure this is something that that's suitable for you and your family and your, your goals and where you want to be. Um, and, you know, or also talk to other Talk to talk to your realtors. Talk to your friends. Talk to other people in the business. Uh, talk to real estate attorneys. Those are they're really good about letting yeah. you know what's going on. There's a lot of you know behind the scene deals that that can happen there too. And and so you know get the advice uh, before you just jump into it because just because you see what you think might be a great great price tag on something is not always the best investment. Um, and so and like I said earlier, I would establish an LLC. Yeah. Um, that way, if anything happens legally, it doesn't come after you, your family, your mm-hmm. personal. It comes after the LLC. Also, when that tenant looks up who owns the property, it'll be under the LLC versus you. So it also protects your privacy. So that's one thing I would yeah. do is talk with a, um attorney and get an LLC established, um, especially if you're trying to get started, even if it's just one home. You know, because anything mm-hmm. could happen and you want to really protect you, your family yeah. and all that fun stuff. So I would definitely get an LLC if you're really thinking about that. And that starts with a real estate attorney. A real estate attorney yeah. can do most they of can them do can do that. that. Yeah. yeah. That's some, some great advice. So, all right, you mentioned you love giving back. Why yeah. is it important to give back? So for me, it's really important because, you know, when I came home, when I was injured overseas and I came home, my, my hometown, they, they rallied around me, my family, you know, they, they, they took care of them. They took care of me. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. And so like, kind of like Amanda said, I want to give back to who gave back to me so most, uh, so much. And then after working, you know, with that rescue in Chattanooga, um, that just opened a whole nother, you know, soft spot in my heart. I didn't know I had. And so, you know, I, I go every day and I think about those kids and what, what can I do to be better to give back to the community that, that we live in. And, um, and so that's why I'm passionate about it. That's, that's why we looked at this giving back program. And because, you know, while we're in property management, that doesn't mean we still can't give back. And, and so, and this is our way of making a difference. I mentioned last week, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're passionate, you're, you're able to do that kind of stuff. So yeah. you guys have been coming lately to the trivia and I appreciate it, but it's funny watching him play because <laughs> he ever comes up, brings the answer and it's so mad because it's like, man, that's the hardest thing I've ever heard. Listen, It's like, you know, when you, you know, when you didn't study for a test, you know, when you didn't study for a test and you, and you write, you just 
Christmas tree, the thing, and you go to turn it into the teacher, and the teacher knows you didn't study, and the teacher just kind of looks at you like, mm, "This is going to be good." That's him. That's right. The worst Brian. is the worst is the questions from like the seventies, and we're like nineties babies. Okay, so we're like, we don't know. And then like we're last time we were with uh, Kevin Harris, and he was like, "I don't know." I was like, "Kevin, I need you to step this up, sir." Did you guys finish third? Well, yes. Well. I was pretty well. I'm, well, I'm impressed. With, let me rephrase that. I'm glad we placed, <laughs> but I feel I like we were tied for a second, and we were like, "Oh!" And then we had to wager, and I was like, "Oh, maybe if we just wagered like three points because if if we get three, they wager two, we win." We didn't get anywhere close. Nobody to listened to me. I was like, "Just do it all, all or nothing." <laughs> we didn't. We didn't get close. Let's to see it. how much useless knowledge you're gaining. I, yes. It's amazing. <laughs> useless knowledge. But, you know. Me and Kevin, we 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 really carried the team that night. I mean, right? <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. And my favorite category to ask, just if you ever come, Sharon, is the is the laws that aren't on the that are on the books but not uh, enforced. Some of those are crazy. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, about the elephant and the parking ticket. Oh, yeah. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. Makes it up sense. You asked me a question, Brian, once, and I swear I knew it was about wars or something. And I swear I knew the answer, and you just kind of looked at me with this smile. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> like you, you were just like, okay, you believe that? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I'll just share one of these because it's kind of funny. And obviously, all of these are on the books because somebody sometime mm-hmm. tried it. Mm-hmm. But the one that I'm still wondering about, how in the world even got on the books, is in the state of California. Well, that just explains it right there. <laughs> but. It's illegal in the state of California. Remember this if I ever ask this, okay? okay. All right. It's illegal in the state of California for any kind of animal to mate within 20 feet of a church or school. What? Now, how, first of all, what? I'm sorry, Mr. Squirrel, you're coming with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. oh my God. What are you doing? Could you imagine what happened for that law right? to go into place? I mean, like, it's like, what? yeah. Someone Either that yeah. or they were dressed up in those outfits and somebody took them out. Can you ask animal? that in August? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We know one. Six points. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So if somebody's listening and wants to get a hold of you for your services, how can they do that? Well, they can go online and, and reach out to us there at www.rpmallies.com or they can call the office at 678-680-5065. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still that's it. You don't ever call yourself, right? It, it, no, no. Yeah. never. It, and it's all wired to my cell phone, so I, you know, I just right there. You go. Yeah. Well, speaking of useless knowledge, you can share as much as you can, but you guys just had a pretty cool experience. So you got to learn some more of this. You guys were just on Family Feud. We were, yes, yeah. Share what you can. Okay, so I can say this. I can't tell you what exactly happened. But I can tell you, we are scheduled to go back for next season. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the filming is yeah. not over. Okay. That was the most stressful day. It was very stressful. It and was then now i got to go back and do it all over. Well, it yeah. was a whole lot of fun because you get there and you have to be on like 24-7. So you're like on the stage, off the stage. Steve Harvey walks past you. He's now gone, right? So you're like kind of like doing this whirlwind of emotions and you have to be there you have to, i mean we had to leave at like 5 a.m yeah to get there for filming and uh, where was the filming trillis studio studios, yeah. studios. Is that down by the airport past the airport past the airport yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, in Georgia. yeah, yeah so yeah. it wasn't yeah. bad at all um we actually stopped to meet the rest of the family at chick-fil-a and we're all dressed up right it's like 6 a.m we're <laughs> yeah. all like dressed to a t and a guy comes up to clay and he's like are you here with your family and clay's like what? <laughs> no, he, he's, yeah, he came up. He said, 
are you with a family over there wearing the matching shirts? And I said, what's it matter to you? Yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah. who are you? And he was like, I'll see you in a little bit. And I'm uh, like, is this part of it? Yeah, and it was one of the guys who was like, I'm actually yeah, your like, stage I, hand yeah, like, for I'm the like, day. Your stage like, hand. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started thinking of like taking, you know. He was like, like, Lord, here we yeah, go. he was like, y'all are filming for Family Feud, aren't you? Yeah, he was yeah. like, how do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> well, not many families are dressed up and like wearing the same suits right. and so, dresses right. and heels yeah. that early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you? Do you know? Can you share when the first one might air? So then, this season that we just went for airs in October. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and then we go back in January and that one to won't. film. And then that'll be the next, the October. next October. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. how is Steve Harvey in person? Oh, incredible. Is he just like it on TV? He's so oh, yeah. much better oh, yeah. than he's... you think. Like, I had high expectations, exceeded it. <laughs> like, he's very he's very <laughs> personable. Like, I mean, he he, he makes it a, a point, like, you know, during the commercial breaks, he comes and pulls up a stool at the front, and he, he just yeah. talks. He just talks to everybody. If you've got a question, ask it. He'll, yeah. he'll talk to you. You know, it, yeah. he's, he's not – he doesn't walk off to the side, doesn't talk to anybody. No, he's, he's very personal and he'll call you out too. He, it, if you say something that that's funny and he can't really say anything oh, on the air, out, he'll wait yeah. till afterwards and he'll, he'll call you out then, you know, oh, but on the air though, it's hilarious watching him. Some of his facial expressions, oh, yeah. some of the people out yeah, yeah. and it's, and that's just a sliver. So oh, it yeah. took two hours to film a 22 minute show. Okay. And that's because he says so much. So it really feels like, if you're not playing, you're in the audience. And um, it really felt like a comedy show. Like yeah. I was at a personal yeah. Steve Harvey comedy show all day long. <laughs> it was top notch. I mean, Sharon, gotta I, got go. a, I got a, a homework assignment for you. What's that? We need to get Steve Harvey on Charitable Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Can you, you imagine? Yeah. You know people who know people. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so next time. In January. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'll send you the link. What? You need to come watch yeah, us. Yeah. I was going to say. In they, person. They're going to have it's a live free. audience. Yeah. yeah. It's right? free. Just come. Listen, and, I would love to come just yeah. to be part of like something kind of special that way. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's neat. And then yeah. we can cheer you on. You can. Yeah. yeah. So. We can't talk to you. I can't it's say weird. that. Yeah, if, it, it, so if you say like, "Hey, Clay, hey, Amanda," we cannot <laughs> acknowledge you because yeah. okay. then they think we're cheating. We're cheating. So even if oh. we wave, they take that as a yeah. hand signal. Oh. Or oh, yeah, if we look very... at you, so like we'll know you're there, of course, because the audience <sighs> is not that. V- I mean, the whole big, room yeah. is not very big at, at all. I was expecting to be massive. It's really not that big, so we'll know you're there. But it is yeah. free, so I'll send you the link right. so you can come. Well, yeah. baseball, we'll just do some signals. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. yeah. Hey, they, they, it's, it's wild. And you don't see it on TV, but they have people that stand on the side of the crowd, and they watch f- for people talking to each other, and they watch for and talking to you. Talking yeah. to you, and, and why, if you're on stage, they yeah. look for signals. They got their own bouncers. Yeah. Wow. I mean, really, yeah, they do. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's so nervous. And it's like, so yeah. loud in there. I mean, it's hard to hear him. At one point, like when you watch it, I'm like doing this. Because I'm trying to watch his mouth. I'm like, I can't even hear you. And Steve is right beside me. Yeah. But also a little starstruck. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So you shared a little bit about doing some stuff with Excel and stuff. Do they have yes. anything you want to share? Maybe some events that they might be having coming up? Oh. Um, well, of course, you know, school's about to start. So right now there's some events uh 
kind of coming down the line. One is the auction that always comes up in October. Um, we do have an auction. It's the ECA Legacy Auction. That's a fun one to come to, mm-hmm. especially if you want to buy some Christmas presents early <laughs> yeah. and donate at the same time. So they have that one. Um, and then I'm trying to get a comedy night going with a uh, big, big rich. rich. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully so he was my is. co-host the other night at the uh, thing. We were the co-MCs. I'm really intrigued by this because she's, you know, she's lined up Big Rich and uh, and uh, Katie has lined up her brother who Carter Deems. He was on Wild and Isle. I don't know if you know the show with Nick Cannon. So he was on. So we're trying to get them to come the same night. Two polar opposites, right? (laughs) So so if that doesn't work out for one of them, I just found out. I was on the phone with one of my athletes that was there the other night. He's a former soccer player. Yeah, spent two years doing stand up. Uh-uh. Really? And, I and I was out there just hysterically laughing because, anyway, just let me know because we might be able to get yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that would be awesome. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So, as we wrap this up, I like to do this. I like for each of you to share one positive quote, nugget, or word that people can listen to today, the rest of 2023, and beyond with. So, Kimberly, what you got? <laughs> Not I would the say, spotty. no pressure. Um, yeah. Mary Kay always used to say, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, then you're right. Mm. Amanda, uh, a vision without execution is just a hallucination. So if you have a dream, you have that vision, go for it because you never know. Clay, yeah. Hey, listen, uh, you put me on the spot on this one. These two is like rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> My, I mean, if you're asking for advice, just you know, if you're if you're gonna put your mind to it, do it. You know, it, it, I know things can be you know deterring at, at times, and you think it can't happen. Just if you put your mind mind to it, it, it will happen, and and. You know, don't give up. Although people always say, I put him on the spot. If you ever listen to episodes in the past, you yeah. heard I asked it every single time. <laughs> I did. Listen. I did listen to she a did. few, so I knew she, it was coming. We listened to it. Uh, <laughs> Notice I didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The other thing is the, the thank you is a lost art these days. So, Kimberly, thank you for your service. Thank, thank you for you. what you're doing for all the folks in their skin care. Amanda, thank you for what you're doing for the young adults, the youth. Uh, and Clay, thank you for your service and everything thank you're you. doing for the residents and the uh, the owners of the homes and just the yep. community itself. So, everybody listening, let's remember: remember, let's be positive, let's be charitable.